Hi, this is Eric Dover, and you're listening to Appetite for Distortion on the iHeart Podcast with Brando. And welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 185. My name is Brando. For another edition of the sub-series, uh, the AFD show's Feel my my quarantine uh, today is a guest I've been looking forward to speaking with uh, for quite some time, Eric Dover. Eric, how are you? How are you doing? I am living the dream. How are you doing, Eric? Same here. Yeah, no complaints. <laughs> well, I'm sure you could find uh, one or two if you wanted to, but we'll focus on the positive stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And I appreciate your, your time today. I really do. Uh, I've wanted to speak with you for quite a while and not just for the, your past work, but I'm actually, I'm really excited about this this new project that you have going on. So I'm excited to talk about it with you, the Licorice Quartet. Yes, exactly. We're, uh, we're, we're excited to get, get it out there to the world. So, And let me just uh, give you a heads up. If I start coughing, it is not the COVID. It is something you, you actually might appreciate. Uh, I am now the owner of three cats, and I'm allergic to cats, so I'm trying. Oh well, well, bless you, laddie. Because <laughs> what's great, it's a it's a perfect segue into into everything with you. Because I was watching some of the the new trailers that you put out with your your bandmates, former Jellyfish, now with the Licorice Quartet, and if, I, I posted them. They're super funny, and you're holding. I guess your own cat, right? You own. You're a cat owner. You're a cat lover. Oh yes, I am. I have two boys. Nice. One's thirteen, and the other's nine. Nice, nice. Because I, I also appreciated. It was a cat apron you were wearing, right? Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm definitely into uh, that sort of thing. You know? <laughs> well, no, it works for me. I have uh, three boys now. They're, you know, uh, one's thirteen, two or fourteen. And I'm sitting next to a, a cat pillow, so uh, we're we're brothers from different mothers, I guess, as the kids say. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, my youngest one right now stole my work chair, so I have to always make allowances. <laughs> I can't get him up. I have to have get another chair and put this one to the side. That's exactly what I do. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I just kind of move around them. They're they're the owners. They own me in a way, but. Uh, we, we're not going to spend 20 minutes talking about cats, even though I'm sure you and I could. You know, I'm, I'm curious. You, because this is the first time I, you guys have reunited, I guess, uh, Jellyfish since 1993. So I guess my question is, other bands have reunited with less members to use the name of whatever band that was. How come this is like a new project, different sound? How did this come about, the Licorice Quartet? Well, um, it came about starting in 2017 where Roger uh, Manning Jr. called Tim Smith and uh, said, hey, what are you doing? And, uh, you know, you want to maybe think about writing some songs together. 
And uh, so, you know, Tim was open to the idea and then they kind of called me on later. And it really had to do with the fact that even when we were in Jellyfish together during that that time for the Spilt Milk tour, um, you know, we developed an affinity for songwriting and, and all the things that go along with that. And uh, we, we shared that, you know, we still share a lot of those inspirations. So, um, I'm, you know, I'm very grateful that they called me because um, a lot of it was just getting songs together and kind of riding the bicycle again, so to speak. The music is, is it's different than what was in Jellyfish. And I see, I say different in the most, I think the most complimentary way to be honest with you. And, and I thought I was crazy by thinking what you guys sounded like first. And I'm, I'm going to tease it for a bit. But once, uh, once I posted that you were my upcoming interview and, uh, you know, I have fan questions for you coming up, but somebody else agreed with me. I got, I totally got a Beatles vibe, like the fun aspect, you know, not that, not the experimental Beatles, but just like the, the melodies just, it, it sounds like perhaps what the Beatles might do today. I mean, was that a goal? I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like it sounds crazy to me. Like any, who sounds like the Beatles, but right now the licorice quartet sounds like the Beatles. Well, I mean, it, there might be aspects of, uh, you know, the Beatles were quite important, uh, I think, to all of us of sure. our generation. Um, it, 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 none of it's really intentionally done. You know, that's, I guess that would be a way to put it. At least when we, we were just trying to find songs that excited us together in a room. Um, so, but that's great. You know, it just shows that there's a, this beautiful chemistry. I mean, I was very excited to, once we got into it and started hearing some of the realized product of our, you know, the fruits of our labors, rather, um, how beautiful the vocal blends are and just, you know, beautiful musical things happening. And, uh, yeah. What was the, I guess, the main driving force as far as uh, lyrical content that you wanted to get out there? Because you, you know, we're promoting, uh, you're out there promoting the Lighthouse uh, Spaceship uh, lyric video that's out now. That's the, the the single, but there are some really fun tracks on there. You know, some, some cool names. Uh, Fadoodle, <laughs> which is a, a really fun track. So, was there a a theme to uh, the, the lyrical content and how you wanted to create these songs, or was it just whatever came out uh, when you guys were together? Uh, what you mean in order of of how we release the tracks? You mean or as far as just, you know, you want them to create music together, but then what's the message of the music, I guess? How, how did you, you know, the, the subject matter of the songs? Oh, oh, well, as far as how that comes about, it's really all three of us, you know, um, in a lyrical sense, you know. Um, usually people have an idea of, because we, we kind of came into this bringing um, songs that we hadn't, finished or for whatever reason just hadn't our you know some of the ideas um and then some things we kind of i think started uh, kind of fresh and new and rewrote and you know the process was kind of fluid and crazy at certain points um but yeah so the lyrics could change i mean the, the well the message can change depending on kind of 
you know, the impetus of the idea, basically. Okay. Were some of these songs, were they leftover jellyfish songs? Or maybe when you got, you you know, since you're all friends, not just bandmates, you know, if you had a, some time to put some ideas together over the years, unfinished songs, where, where were the unfinished songs left off? Uh, if that makes oh, sense. Oh, um, no, I don't think any of it had to do with jellyfish. Okay. Uh, era stuff. I mean, I, I could be wrong, but... Um, you know, I think this is stuff that we're all three writers, so you know we we all have music floating around, bits of music and things. You know that uh, there was always a question mark, like, well, what what could be done with this? And I think that uh, that's kind of where we came together. Are you guys close together physically? Like, would you mind if I ask where you're calling from today? I'm calling from uh, a drizzly Los Angeles. Okay, yeah, it's going to thunderstorm here in New York City uh, a little bit later, but um, I don't know. Maybe hopefully it'll wash away the COVID. Who, who knows? Uh, are you, yeah, I uh, hope so, man. Are they uh, – before I, I lose it, it's important. Are you okay? Is your family okay? Or how are you handling everything? You must be going uh, nuts. Yeah. Well, so far, I'm, so far, so good. Um, but, you know, it's uh, limited movement. Like they don't encourage anyone to really even go to the grocery store things like that this week um so is i'm it, pretty well stored in here for a, a few weeks good no i'm glad but that it's got to be such a challenge when you're promoting a new record i'm i don't know I'm, I'm now that i'm thinking about it as i'm speaking is it a challenge that you're when you're promoting a new record and everyone's kind of self-quarantine obviously you can't tour right now or is in, in a, a way that it's better because everyone's at home looking for something to do and and while new music and listening to mu- new music is something to do so how how do you does it does your approach to making this new record or promoting it has it altered since this whole pandemic has has been uh going on well we obviously didn't plan on any of this no. <laughs> <Put it that laughs> sure. but um yeah i mean there's a there's been challenges obviously on how we'll get it out there and if uh, there's any way that we can kind of perform it in the more isolated virtual sense, we're, we're probably, well, we're looking at pursuing that right now. So, okay. um, but you know, touring was never really in the, uh, in the lexicon of, of doing this to begin with only because as we know, touring is rather expensive. So sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's different. Well, how about this? You you may have seen uh, a lot of artists. They're doing it now, and I think it's maybe this Sunday they're going to do another special, like when where artists are at home doing performances. Dave Matthews did it. You know, Elton John had that special with iHeartRadio. Paul McCartney is going to be doing something coming up. Do you uh, perhaps will we get some live performances, but from the comfort of your own home? Is that ever an idea? Yeah, that's that's kind of currently in the works. Oh, cool. For the most part, yeah. But uh, we've been uh, obviously we're doing all this ourselves, so we're kind of navigating through the process a little bit slowly at first here, but uh, just only because we're uh, gearing up for what is it May fifteenth? I believe is the actual release date. Yep, uh, threesome volume uh, one, the EP. And uh, I'm reading that if you have other songs ready to go, I guess depending upon the reception of that, is that um, am I reading that correctly? Right. 
yeah, there's going to be a series of uh, three EPs. Uh, we have a dozen tracks. See, that know? that's awesome. And I, like I said, I've been posting the, the teaser trailers. Uh, there's a very funny TV commercial uh, that you guys put out there that's kind of in the vein of, you know, how they used to sell CDs back in the day, highlighting certain songs. So there's certainly a real fun, uh, humorous vibe to it all. I mean, you're calling it the Licorice Quartet, and there's three of you. So how did, I guess, the name come about? And um, yeah, how did uh, how did you set on that name? I, I like it. It's, 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 it's catchy. Well, it's sort of an homage to this uh, softcore Italian film by the same name. Oh. Uh, and it's just a, our way of incorporating the visual into the, in, you know, at least the idea of it into the uh, the fabric of the music in a way. You know, it's, uh, it's really just like, sort of a move like that. Well, that's the way I can describe it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's okay. That's okay. Um, like I said, I've been digging everything all about it. Just the the artwork. Uh, the, the songs because I've gotten some sneak previews and I'm actually going to put at the end of this podcast uh, a teaser so so people can listen to your uh, I guess the single the lighthouse spaceship so at the end of this interview people can listen to the song and obviously when it comes out May 15th they'll get the entire record and be able to listen to it that way of course but uh, as I mentioned, because I know you have a bunch of interviews uh, lined up today, I hope you don't mind because I got a ton of questions for you. And, you know, it's something that I spoke to. Are you friendly? I spoke about this with uh, Ron Young from Little Caesar. Uh, are you friendly with him? Yeah. Yeah. How's Ron? He's doing really well. I mean, you know, Little Caesar was about to tour, you know, and obviously this all came down. Uh, but Ron was – was great, and not just to talk about his uh, his stint at Terminator Two, but to learn a little bit about his audition process for for Slash's Snake Pit. But I, what I love about because this this podcast, I'm not sure if you're aware, you know, I it's like a Guns N' Roses themed, just to make it different than just talking rock and roll or just conversation. There's a million podcasts out there try to make it different, but just to highlight. Uh, Ron and other people that might fix fit our six degrees of Gene R. Bacon instead of Kevin Bacon, if you're familiar of that phrase. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so with Ron, you know, it was great to hear from my listeners. It's like he has such a great voice, you know, and, and, and it's someone like him or when I had Gilby Clark on, it's something I, I talk about with them that are they – okay with the supposed highlight of their career that maybe the most people what they they're aware of, the public sees you know gilby clark obviously he has a new record coming out but people just will always for whatever well think about him he's always going to be gnr even though he's done so much other stuff ron young they might just think about you know his early days not realizing for you who's obviously still making music how do you feel about because the reception is still so overwhelmingly positive about that first Snake Pit record. Is it something that you like to relive or is it just, hey, that, that's just part of my career and I'm, you're just thinking about today? Oh, no, man. There's like a, a pound of flesh in everything okay. that I've done. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really happy with the way that Snake Pit is, has held up through the years and the fans, the people that have kept supporting um, 
that particular era, you know, it's fantastic. And, you know, I can crank it up on the stereo here still, and, you know, it does it. So I love the way it sounds, and I was really happy with the, with the way the record came out. Um, it's a great document. You know, everyone's saying it's one of the most underrated blues rock albums. Uh, so I guess I'll start getting some some fan questions in there. This is from uh, Santiago, at uh, Cowboy from Hell on Twitter. What's your best memory of touring with Snake Pit? And would you, if the opportunity ever came up, would is that something that you would would do again? Uh, well, gosh, I know it's, it's there were a lot of great memories touring with Snake Pit. Um, the uh, I think the Pistoria Blues Festival in Italy was really cool. Um, Argentina was amazing. Brazil, you know, going places like that that I'd never been. Um, and well, all the audiences worldwide were fantastic. Um, so, I mean, I mean, it was a very well, you know, like Germany, the rock festivals like Rock and Ring and, and well, of course doing, uh, Donington with Metallica oh. was, uh, like incredible, you know, I, I can't, how many, how many people were at that show? How many people did you play in front of? You know, it must've been like. 80,000, 100,000 people or something. Wow. Was that the largest crowd you ever played in front of? By far, yeah. Wow. It was massive. But, um, yeah, so, but now the possibility of Snake Pit, I mean, I I don't know what the status of, I know that Guns and Roses have been out um, and doing music, you know, so that's right. great, too. Okay. And uh, speaking of like, Gene Arn, I brought up Ron Young before. Um, we were talking about it, and he has, like, again, he has a great voice. And he was, like I said, how come, I was asking him, like, who, did you know anybody else who auditioned for the gig? Just like kind of like a fun conversation, play what if, you know. And he, he wasn't sure, but he said that Slash said to him, he was really happy with it. And Gilby actually told me he pushed for Ron. But Ron's version is that Slash wanted to play uh, Guns N' Roses songs with Snake Pit and he felt that you had a better voice for that but that never really happened so was there uh, this is coming from um, a question I'll give him credit uh, B- uh, BD from Greece was there ever really any consideration to play Guns N' Roses songs I, that we did we never um, we did we did touch on some Guns N' Roses but I never not really with any of the actual bits you know, well, I just felt, I think that Slash felt too that, I mean, he was definitely in a, in a headspace where he wanted to uh, establish his independence as an artist in his own right, too. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, so we kind of were just thinking about who has the goods to deliver it on stage. You know, I think that's probably his focus, too. Like, you know, just can you can you perform the songs and, and sing it properly, you know? Um, so really there were, we didn't, uh, we didn't really, we did some stone songs and things on a live acoustic, you know, when we were doing radio promotion and, and all that prior to the release. And, you know, so those are some great moments as well. Uh, it was a fun time. 
I've had uh, Rod Jackson on the show a couple of times, and I I love that record as well, and that record is also well received. But people still, I mean, and pardon me if you've answered this before, and I'll give this credit this question uh, credit to Leonardo um, on on Facebook. How come the I guess the band split up after that first record, and you weren't involved in this in Snake Pit Two? Uh, that was strictly, uh, you know, a contracts, uh, contract stuff because, uh, I was signed to Sony, uh, shortly around the time all that was happening. So I had to deliver, a, a record, which I did with Roger Manning, uh, junior, the, the uh, Imperial Drag record. So that, that was already kind of signed and inked going in. So, I mean, we didn't have a lot of expectations for carrying this on way too long. I mean, the future was kind of wide open as well. Oh, okay. Um, nobody knew what the hell was going to happen with Guns N' Roses. And, well, I couldn't answer it. <laughs> it was too uncertain, and, and you had a deal. Yeah. So that makes that makes complete sense. Um, yeah, that's it. How come there's, there's no live album? You know, because, again, people are, are revisit these albums all the time, and, you know, it's it's... Again, regarded as uh, you know, one of the better not GNR records in that family. Uh, so we we want more, even though there may not be. Well, I guess the first question is: Was there anything left on the cutting room floor that might see the light of day? And how come no live album as well? Uh, the live album you would have to ask Slash about. He probably has tapes. Maybe I don't know actually. Okay. Um, on that, that's kind of a technical question that I never really uh, knew to ask about at that point. But um, you know, I'm I'm always open to slash that. Hey, you want to sing on a song or something? I'd be down for it, of course. But um, were you approached as, as far as his first solo album, where he had all those uh, different singers like Ozzy, Adam Levine? Uh, and even Velvet Revolver, were you approached uh, again since you obviously had so much chemistry with to get together? Uh, no, I wasn't. Um, I don't remember what exactly was going on at that time, but I could have been doing some other uh, projects or whatnot. Um, but uh, yeah, I remember that. Okay. All right. Uh, what is the biggest thing that you think fans should take away from? Like, what, what song are you most proud of? And we're going back now to the Licorice Quartet, like new music. So what's, what's, what song is the most proud of that you can't wait for people to get their, their ears on? Of that, of that catalog, I... Oh. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, Lighthouse Spaceship is pretty damn awesome. You know, that's a, it's a good place to start. But um, I do like um, Bluebird's Blues. Um, mainly because of the guitar part and arrangement stuff, you know. Um, so, play a lot of guitar on that thing. So, <laughs> is it has that always been together for you? Do you love one over the other, singing versus guitar, or is that just married and it goes together for you? I would like it to be married as much as possible. That's just you know, um, I can do either independently you know by themselves but um i do like being connected with an instrument and singing that's you know my biggest thrill 
I just want to read some other comments because um, a lot of people just want to say hi and how much that that record meant to them. But now going back to, to Snake Pit, this is from JT Turret said, I saw him and Slash play Beggars Acoustic on the Jon Stewart show when after school in ninth grade. <laughs> so that I thought that was pretty funny. Um, That's John, awesome. I know. Uh, where, is, where are some more questions? Um, how was your time? This is from Jerry. Uh, you were an uh, Alice Cooper's guitarist too, right? And Yes, I was. Yeah. How was that time? And I, I love that Alice is still doing it. He's been on the show. How was your time with Alice? It was fantastic. Yeah. Those were uh, some wonderful memories, good times. Um, got got to uh, write a record, The Eyes of Alice Cooper, uh, with him, which was, you know, magical. You know, a, a, an experience I treasure forever. And uh, so that, you know, that, that, that was a lot of the guitar playing aspect of what I do. So that was a lot of fun. Um, I'm playing with good friends that I've known for years, Ryan Roxy, Eric Singer, um, you know, cats like that. Right on. Uh, this is another comment. This is from uh, Maca26 out of Ireland. He says, oh, this is about the Snake Pit, uh, that, uh, that record. There's so much soul on this album. My bones feel it when I listen to this. Um, it's one of the most perfect blues rock records in existence. So, based and that's there's a lot of comments based upon that, and I and I want to wow, keep. Wow! Thank you very much for that. That really that just blows me away. And again, it's it's not just one comment like that. It, there's there's a theme. So with that, and this is something that I asked both Ron Young and Gilby Clark, since I mentioned both of them. I don't know if you're a sports guy, but I used to collect uh, baseball cards. So you look in the back of a baseball card and it has all their stats. So you obviously have a lot of stats you've played for. We can call them teams, for lack of a better term, you know, i.e. bands. Is there something that you're, you look back and you look at the back of your baseball card and, and something that really sticks out to you, um, more, out to you more than others? Or like you said, everything is a pound of flesh. Is working with Slash? Is it Jellyfish? Is it Alice Cooper? What is there anything that that you know really sticks out to you as a, a career highlight? You know, I think in terms of, I guess it just depends on what, how the terms in which you want to define it, you know, uh, when it came to living kind of in a, in a way that you were able to put your music out and have it very, um, instantly received in the right context, you know, I would say Slash was a, definitely a highlight, um, just because the machine worked well and we were able to promote the record properly. And, uh, you know, everything had an attention to detail. Um, even with uh, Geffen that released the record. I mean, they they knew that uh, they wanted Guns N' Roses back together, of course. But um, this we did kind of stopgap things for a bit. And uh, they really were supportive, you know. have good memories of that time. Uh, but, you know... On other terms, too, I've had a lot of, um, the Alice Cooper experience was amazing, uh, because it's Alice Cooper, I mean, um, getting insight into his personality and, you know, his twisted, dark sense of humor. <laughs> I know, it's great. 
Oh, now here comes the rain. You brought it with me. It's uh, it's coming here now in Queens. Uh, right yeah, so since I'm in quarantine, I'm usually in a in a studio at iHeart in, uh, in Tribeca, New York. But now I'm recording in my apartment in, in Queens. So uh, that's why it's, I don't have a soundproof room. So maybe that's just uh, God or something telling me to wrap it up. Uh, so oh, yeah, 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 definitely. So I again, I, I really appreciate uh, your time, Eric. I hope we can do this again, and I'm really looking forward to you know the world hearing uh, this this threesome volume three coming out May fifteenth, the Licorice Quartet. Uh, I would like to think that the reception will be great enough for uh, for you guys to release the other songs you have out there, and also I know you you mentioned even before the. Uh, the quarantine and everything going on, there were no plans of touring, but people were asking, hey, ask him if he's coming to the city. Is he coming to this country? So from my point of view, the demand is there. So I hope you uh, you, you see that as well on your end. Oh, well, I'm, you know, I would, I would do anything, and I think the guys would too, under the right circumstances, to bring whatever we can bring, you know, um, because we do believe uh, in the stuff that we've done together right now. And uh, so, yeah, thank you, Brandon, for a, a wonderful interview. And I hope that rain does does what we need. <laughs> I know. Crazy times we're, we're living in. And uh, I feel for musicians, it's hard. I'm lucky enough to be able to do what I do from home. But I'm looking forward to if you're going to do some, you know, concerts from your couch. I, I, I'll be there. I'll be there in my, my Simpson pajama pants watching you from my couch. Uh, so I, I hope to, to see you because you're not you're not really on social media. The Licorice Quartet is, but you're not big on social media, right? Well, I I do a little. Okay. Um, uh, I you know have a uh, my own Facebook and uh, Instagram and and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I don't spend a lot of time. But yeah, it's all good. Okay. I'm probably be doing a lot more of these uh, streaming situations that's what we're actually planning on right now is how to coordinate this from our quarantine into something so uh, yeah i'll definitely keep you posted yeah please do and i will again i would love to have you back and i appreciate you know you're answering fan questions about about snake pit and slash but you know and i'm not uh blowing smoke and like i said i it, this is from uh sonya who's another fan who who said the Beatles first. I wasn't like, hey, this sounds like the Beatles. He says, this sounds like the Beatles. And I said, I agree with you after. So uh, I'm, I'm excited for you. And I'm just excited as a music fan uh, for something to, new to listen to. So just congratulations and, and just keep kicking butt. And uh, I hope to talk to you again soon. And stay healthy. Yeah, I hope, I hope to uh, talk to you again t uh, soon. And thanks to all the fans that responded in the, in the chat. Um, means the world to me so god bless guys i'll talk to you soon too cool you could really tell that some of your questions and comments meant the world to him really so it, this is just another example of the audience participation the afd show listener making me look better making this experience more enjoyable for the guest because you are so great and so passionate about this you know six degrees of guns and roses whatever falls underneath whatever um, a family tree we can follow along that that starts with the Guns N' Roses mothership, you know Snake Pit of course being one of those uh, satellite bands for lack of a better phrase, and uh, your your passion comes across with your questions and it really means a lot, and well it makes me look good as a host. 
that I have intelligent listeners and you're helping me ask intelligent questions and meaningful uh, commentary. And sorry, I couldn't get to all of them. There really were a lot of comments and questions that you guys submitted uh, to me on social media. But it sounds like Eric is going to come back on the show. So until next time, we will do that. And again, don't uh, go anywhere after the podcast is over. We're going to play a little bit of a teaser, a teaser uh, for uh, Eric Dover's uh, new band with his ex-Jellyfish members, the Licorice Quartet. Uh, I'm going to play you about a minute of Lighthouse Spaceship. So stay tuned after the podcast for that. And something I want to mention as I record this, uh, Thursday, April the 9th. Uh, yesterday was Izzy, Izzy Stradlin's birthday. Um, it was, and obviously, there were a lot of uh, happy birthday Izzy's and for someone who doesn't talk much, you never know if he's going to comment. Thanks for the birthday wishes. But he he wrote something the day before. So maybe Izzy got his his yearly tweet out of the way. Uh, he said this on, on the 7th. Thank you, everyone. Stay safe. So maybe he was saying thank you, some uh, early birthday wishes and letting us know just to stay safe. Uh, he is... He is the king of social distancing, the king of quarantine, it seems, is he? So maybe we can learn from him how to how to do it properly. So uh, something else I wanted to mention before I get out of here, uh, speaking of Guns N' Roses family, I can't believe I had no idea there was a New York City restaurant called Spaghetti Incident. I had no idea. So I want to I wanna thank AFD Show listener Vinny for bringing it to my attention because the Spaghetti Incident, the restaurant – had to close due to COVID. It says on their Facebook page, uh, you can just look them up, uh, facebook.com slash spaghetti incident NYC. Dear pasta lovers, like all restaurants in NYC, spaghetti incident was forced to close back in March due to the COVID-19 outbreak. And we had to ask our incredible staff to stay home for the time being. With the uncertainty of the length of closure, we are turning to our beloved customers to assist in providing support for our team as unemployment benefits will not be enough to live in New York City. And ain't that the truth? It is, it's ridiculous. It, it really is. I would not have moved to Queens or, or New York if I was still single. Uh, if you enjoyed this video incident over the last five years, or if you just want to uh, help out, would be immensely, we would be immensely grateful. Asking for help is incredibly humbling for us, but we have a responsibility to our crew that we can't fulfill by ourselves. Any amount will be greatly appreciated. 100% of the proceeds will go directly to our amazing staff shared among front of house, back of house, in the hopes that this will help them and their families until we can reopen our doors to all of you again. So they set up a GoFundMe. Uh, uh, Spaghetti Incident has a Facebook page. They have an Instagram so check it out. If I know we're all struggling at this time, I'm very fortunate that I can still work from home. I know the podcast is a little weird because um, I'm not, you know, it's not the same setup, but I can still do my radio job from home. I have a secondary job I could do from home, but I'm sure many of you, just like the folks at the spaghetti incident, is you have to go somewhere. You know, you have to go somewhere where you interact with people, and there's no choice. So if you are able uh, and just and, and able to help out, check out their their GoFundMe. All right, we got to we got to help out our Guns and Roses family, especially when they make pasta, right? 
Anyway, that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. I, uh, I really appreciate you guys hanging out on this um, this sub-series of AFD show, uh, Feel My Quarantine. Uh, I, I can't wait to get out of here, but we got to, you know, we got to take it day by day. I did ask on social media, do you think that show in Mexico was the last of the year for Guns N' Roses? And um, I, I would say the consensus would be, I hope not. Because they certainly haven't announced canceling the July show that I'm going to with the Smashing Pumpkins opening. And I'm hoping that doesn't happen. But obviously, health is of the utmost importance. So um, to all of you, my AFD show listener, I really appreciate you supporting me in this in this hard time. This is um, I would be so bored. I really would be if I wasn't able to continue to do this podcast. So I appreciate you guys just not caring that it may not be the same quality. I don't think anybody, anyone cares. I'm the only one who seems to care. So, again, I'm uh, on my own worst enemy. So, until next time, just continue to participate on social media, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, however you listen to the podcast, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, Spotify. Continue to do it. Uh, if the platform allows you to leave comments, please leave comments. Like on Apple Podcasts, please please leave a review. Tell people about us. I'm telling you, it seems like every day, if not at least every week, I'm, I'm getting a message from somebody saying, hey, I just found this podcast. And here we are, episode 185, and people are still finding us. So tell a friend, okay? So until next time, when will you see the next episode? Well, in the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy... I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it. Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.